Welcome everyone to another installment of the Lemon Abner 30 minute episode. This is your host Keith and I just wanted to take a few moments to introduce a few tidbits of trivia and a couple of comments uh, along with these shows because I really like Lemon Abner and uh, the comments largely are drawn from Jot em Down Journals, the official publication of the Lemon Abner Society. They're no longer in print, but they can be found if you know where to look out there on the World Wide Web. And so without further ado, here is me reading some excerpts uh, from some articles. So take it away, Keith. Hello. This is an article from the Jotam Down Journal, uh, December of 1998. It was a feature of the passing of Roswell B. Rogers. Uh, So let me do my best to try to read it uh, if I can. It starts out with a title. It's a little bit long, but uh, the title says, A Note to All and Sundry Philologists, Linguists, Entomologists, and Sociologists Who May Endeavor to Uncover the Language and Culture of the Lum and Abner period by Roswell B. Rogers. When the University of Arkansas began assembling its vast collection of Lum and Abner material just prior to the death of Chaplock, Roz Rogers agreed to provide the university with copies of the complete run of his LNA scripts. Along with his script collection, he penned the following humorous analysis of the scripts, which reveals much about his writing methods that concerns Lemon Abner's dialect and general style. Roz sent this piece to the National Lemon Abner Society years ago, but it has never before appeared in print. Dear to whom it may concern, the ancient documents you are about to delve into and attempt to decipher have been known variously as the Pine Ridge Parchments and the Lumen Abner Scrolls. There are a few scholars who have mistaken these scrolls for Sanskrit document, but that is obviously an error inasmuch as the Sanskrit language dates back to 1500 BC, while the Lumen Abner Scrolls cover a period roughly from 1930 AD to 1950 AD. During that period, the actual word in common use for such documents was neither scroll nor parchment, but script. In particular, radio script. It was probably the similarity between the word script and script that led those few scholars to their erroneous conclusion. Another small group of scholars, because of what they thought was a system of hieroglyphics, in the scripts of a three-month period in the spring of 1945 A.D., concluded that the Lemon Abner scrolls belonged to an early Egyptian period. Again, this was an error. The strange markings in the scripts were not hieroglyphics at all. They were merely the fact that the typewriter used by the writer, that's what writers were called in those days, writers, developed trouble in the letter T. It printed only the top, half of the lowercase t and the bottom half of the uppercase t somewhere above the line it did make for an odd looking page 
It was suggested in some quarters that it was some insidious plan to do away with the letter T, but that was not true. It was simply the combination of a busted key and an occupational disease of writers of the period called procrastination. Nearly every morning when the writer sat down to work, he was heard to say, I gotta get this <clears throat> typewriter fixed sometime. And three or four months later, he did. The one bad part of this matter was that in order to make those scripts suitable for copying by the University of Arkansas Library for its Sloman Abner archive, it was necessary to bring in a special T-man to fill in the bottom of all those lowercase t's, or T-person, I should say. By the time of 1979 AD, we had pretty much done away with the word man. In fact, the tea person I called in was a woman. My wife, who I am happy to report, was willing to work quite cheap. In your research, you will come across some scripts that look like they were nearly all hand-lettered. This led at least one scholar to the notion that these scripts were laboriously hand-lettered by a little old monk sitting alone in his tiny cubicle in ancient Italy in the days before Mr. Gutenberg invented his printing press. This too was wrong. The hand lettering was done by a little old writer, me, sitting in a tiny cubicle in California in 1979 AD, desperately trying to salvage some old carbon copies. The facts of the matter are that the writer was too cheap to buy good carbon paper and used this inferior product until death did it part. He is now paying for this false economy, which may be the best lesson to learn from all this research. Now here's some information about the show today. This is the show that aired on November 7th, 1948. I believe it's titled Lum the Rodeo Cowboy, or something similar to that. Uh, it starts out with uh, a age-old theme with Lum uh, falling in love with the whatever happens to be the latest school marm at the school. This time, it's not the school marm. Ezra Seastrunk visits with his cousin Rowena from London. London, Ohio, that is. Uh, the actress is Lillian Randall, Randall? Yeah, Randall, uh, who you may recognize the voice as Mrs. Uppington, Abigail Uppington from Fibber McGee and Molly show. She plays Rowena, and she has a thing for cowboys, and Lum tries to impress her by bragging about his being a cowboy, so she takes the liberty of uh, uh, signing him up for a rodeo to do some bulldogging. And bulldogging is whenever they take the, the bull and they, the bull ends up tied up on the ground. <laughs> that's all I can tell you about that. And so that's uh, the, the gist of the story. There's plenty to it, so uh, I won't say any more or like, give any additional spoilers, so uh, enjoy the show. All right, uh, and uh, thanks for reading that. Um, Keith, <laughs> uh, in case I have what I already said so, uh, you can find more about Loma Abner by visiting the Loma Abner Society's webpage. Uh, do, a Google, do a Google search for them. 
or I believe the URL is lumandabner.org, all ran together, one word. And you can also find more information on Facebook. There is a group, the Lum and Abner Radio Group, which is chock full of lots of fans of Lum and Abner and all things Pine Ridge. Ask your questions. There are plenty of fans who would love to talk to you about Lum and Abner and join the conversation. So with that said, let's get on with the show. And thanks for listening. Admiral, I believe that's our ring. Frigidaire presents the new Lum and Abner show. Tonight, Frigidaire, a division of General Motors, brings you a brand new kind of visit for those old characters down in Pine Ridge. Featuring Clarence Hartzell as Ben Withers, the music of Felix Mills, and starring your old favorites, Lum and Abner. America's number one refrigerator is Frigidaire. Yes, any way you look at it, America's number one refrigerator is Frigidaire. Number one in popularity. For more Frigidaire refrigerators serve in more American homes than any other make. Number one in thrilling new advantages, as you can see for yourself at any Frigidaire dealers. And number one in dependability. For Frigidaire refrigerators are made only by General Motors. And this association of experience with experience, of skill with skill, is your guarantee of lasting satisfaction. So when it comes to a new refrigerator for your home, remember this. The first name you think of is the right one to buy. Frigidaire, America's number one refrigerator. As we look in on the little community of Pine Ridge today, we find the old fellows in their jot down store. Lum is staring out the front window. Listen. Granny's, Abner, look out in front of the store there. Look at what Ezra Seastrunk just drove up. Yeah, that's quite a paint job. I, I don't mean the car. I mean the woman that's with Ezra. So do I. <laughs> Granny, she's as pretty as a speckled pup under a brand new wagon. Reckon who that is, anyway. Oh, that must be Ezra's wife's cousin from London. From London? London, Ohio. Oh, She's been here a couple of days now. Hmm, I wonder why it is she ain't never met me yet. <laughs> Maybe she's just naturally lucky. <laughs> well, howdy, Ezra, old boy, old friend. It sure is good to see you. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Hey, Lum, I, I want a... Uh, well, what I want is a... Oh, well, that government might as well come right out and say it. I want a hairnet. <laughs> A uh, hairnet? What size do you take, Ezra? <laughs> oh, it ain't for me. It's for that, that, that dumb cousin of mine. That, that, that woman's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, she does look nice. <laughs> now, 
I just happened to casual notice her sitting out there in the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can shove your eyes back in her sockets now. <laughs> uh, Esri, is your cousin married to anybody? Yeah. Anybody. <laughs> uh, she's in between husbands right now. She come out here to grieve over her last one. She lost him in a six-day bicycle race. What a terrible shame. Yeah, uh, when the six days was up, he kept right on going. Bad breaks, huh? Yeah, and the worst one was when he met her. They better get me that there hairnet, Abner. Yeah, all right, all right. What color, yeller? Yeller. Abner, I'm surprised at you. Can't you see she's got radiant golden hair touched by the sun's glimmering rays and gilded by the delicate petals of the dainty goldenrod? Now, do you know what color? Yeah, one yellow hairnet. <laughs> How long is your cousin going to be in town, Esri? No telling. No telling. Next Friday, I got to take her to that, that gum rodeo over at Mount Ida. Oh, does she like rodeos? Jeez, thinks she does. This year is the first time she's ever been west of the Ohio River. And she thinks she's clean, plumb out the wild and woolly west. Well, I do know. Keeps expecting to see cowboys right here in the city. Sets around a raving about how much she loves cowboys. Oh. Loves cowboys, huh? Hmm. Oh, for Pete's sake, here she comes. Studied up something to jaw me about, I reckon. You know, I ain't had the pleasure of meeting your cousin. Well, I ain't had a whole lot of pleasure in it myself. <laughs> I can't sit out in that car all day while you're... Yes, doing... yes, yes, sure, sure. Rainer, this here fella here don't know you, so he wants to meet you. <laughs> Shake hands with Lum Edwards and get over with. Well, I'm charmed indeed, but charmed. Howdy, ma'am. <laughs> Welcome to the wide open west. If any of the hombres around here gets a little rough, just call on old Cactus Lum Edders. Ah. Oh, Mr. Edwards, are you a cowboy? Well, I admit I don't look much like it in this here outfit, but there ain't no one thing I'd rather do than put on a set of chaps and a cartridge belt and a bandana handkerchief. Yellow hairnet. Ah. Uh, here you are, ma'am. Oh, thank you. Come on, Rowena. Let's go. Uh, Miss Rowena, I'm sorry I ain't got old paint saddled up so as we could ride out and see the sagebrush bristling in the old corral. <laughs> oh, it sounds exciting, but exciting. Oh, I'll tell you, it's a beautiful sight. Special at night with the yuccas howling in the underbrake. <laughs> And the pampas is running through the grass. Oh, wonderful. You know, I have never seen a real live pampas. Well, very few of us ever have. Rowena, you got your hairnet. Now let's go. Uh, Mr. Edwards, if it isn't too much to do in the next few days, would you sort of show little old city-fied me around? Hmm? <laughs> well, well I... if you ain't got too much to do for the next six days, I'd suggest you get yourself a bicycle. <laughs> now, Rowena, we... Shut up, Ezra, shut up. Um... Mr. Edwards, if it isn't asking too much, I would love to see you bulldog a steer. So would I. And 
You can do it, can't you? Can I? <laughs> Miss Rowena, I don't like to stand here and tell you things that don't sound true. Then cut it out. <laughs> you keep out of this. I've bulldogged two steers at one inning. Or match. Or... <laughs> Good gracious, how did you ever manage that? Well, it's a little hard to explain. Yes, it is. Well, you see, there was me over here and the two steers over there. Yeah. Well, from there on, it was just a matter of pitting brains again muscle. Well, you just let the two steers fight it out twist yourself. I told you to keep out of this. Which one was the brainy steer? Stop interrupting me. Speaking of cows... Miss Rowena. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I recollect when I was just a kid of a boy. What a memory. Admiral, will you hash up? I recollect when I was just a kid of a boy, I wrangled on every ranch west of the Mississippi. Couldn't get along with them no place, huh? <laughs> Then there was a time when I was working on the Circle Two-Step Ranch. Oh, I don't know about you, Rooney, but I'm getting out of here. You can bring the car with you. Can't you take it? No, I can't take it. That's why I'm leaving. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, with your rash courage and, shall we say, foolhardiness... Yes, let's. <laughs> it's a wonder you haven't been trampled to death by now. It is a wonder. I've been tempted to do it myself. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, I'm going to ask you something, and I just simply will not take no for an answer. Well, <laughs> Granny, this is kind of sudden, ain't it? Uh, if you're as skillful as you say, I'm going to enter you in the Mount Ida Rodeo in the bulldogging contest. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and send in the entry fee right now. Toodaloo, cactus. <laughs> well, now you did it, Junior. Abner, don't just sit there and read the paper. Don't you realize what trouble I'm in with this bulldogging contest? Oh, you don't need to worry about that cactus old wrangler like you. Now, listen. That ought to be a waltz for you after your experience at the Circle Two-Step. Cut it out, Abner. I'm in serious trouble here. Well, um, I'll get your mind off your troubles. Now, here's the interesting article. Emmett Goshen of North of Pine Ridge was so unfortunate as to get kicked by a cow Saturday. Abner, don't bring up the word cow around me. Dr. Miller patched up the broken ribs. Abner, cut it out. And Emmett was reported in a serious condition at this writing. Yeah, and you're going to be in a serious condition, too, if you don't stop that reading. Lom, I'm trying to make you feel better. Well, cut it out. I can't stand it. You've just got to help me study up some way to get out. Oh, for goodness sakes, here comes that squire skimp. Wish he'd stay out of here. Well, good afternoon, Lom. I just heard that you'd been entered in a rodeo, so I think we better renew your accident insurance. Uh, uh, Lom, now here's a nice policy for you right here. Guarantees you total disability. So does the rodeo. <laughs> Squire, did you see this article? Emmett Goshen was so unfortunate as to get kicked by a cow. Abner, will you hash that up? Now, here's a policy that provides for hospitalization for 60 days. 60 days? Well, that's as long as you can get long. You see, the uh, company's found out if you aren't out of the hospital in 60 days, you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> oh? 
the company then uh, deals directly with your next of kin. <laughs> Dr. Miller patched up the broken ribs. Abner, cut out that reading. Would you rather have me sing? I don't care. Just don't read. Now then... Oh, bury me not on the lone prairie. And I Practicing your bulldogging? Uh, oh, howdy, Ben. Fine. Lum, I just heard from Howard K. Sutler of Mount Ida. Well, what of it? Yes. <laughs> he wanted me to contact you. Me? I don't even know him. Howard is in the mortician game. Ah. <laughs> uh, Lum, I'd like to get this insurance settled first. Howard K. Sutler has been put in charge of the Mount Ida Rodeo, and he wanted me to tell you to be in Mount Ida early Friday morning. Oh, I see. You're to go direct to the funeral parlor. <laughs> funeral parlor? Well, that would save them holding you back over there later. <laughs> Seems to me like they ought to give you a chance first, though. That's where Howard has his rodeo headquarters. Oh, I was going to say. They'll make final arrangements for you there. <laughs> Final arrangements. Granny's men, ain't there some other way you could put that? Fine. You know, there's a strong possibility I might get called away to San Francisco that day and not be able to make the rodeo talk. Better smile when you say that, Cactus, because here comes your little prairie flower. Uh oh. Mitchell Edwards, oh, I have some wonderful news, but wonderful. Your entry has been accepted. Yeah, Ben's already bring me the jolly tidings. <laughs> but I'm very disappointed because they put you first in the bulldogging contest. First? Oh, that's a shame. Now you won't get to see the show. <laughs> well, I found out that they start off with the poorest riders and the tamest steers and save the real wild steers for the good riders later on. Yes, that's the way they're handling it. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, you have been insulted. Oh, well, that's all right. I'm broad-minded. <laughs> Oh, but if I were you, with all your ability, I wouldn't stand for it. Hi, grannies, I won't. I'll withdraw out of the contest right now. Oh, no, you can't do that. Nobody insults Cactus Lum and gets away with it. Ben, call your friend in Mount Ida and tell him to count me out. Well, all right, I'll get him. But I hate to see you drop out. Hello, Mamie. This is Ben Withers, and I want to talk to Howard K. Suckler at the Mount Ida Funeral Parlor. Yes, rush it through, Mamie. Very odd. He's trying to pull a stunt like that on old Cactus Lum Edwards. Oh, I'm disappointed you're withdrawing. I knew you'd repulse the idea, but I never thought you'd go this far. Oh, you ain't got no idea just how repulsive he can be. <laughs> Hello, that you, Howard? Oh, this is Ben Weathers, and I want to talk to you about Mr. Edwards. No, I mean in regard to your other business. <laughs> He's uh, dissatisfied with the number one position and is withdrawing. Dead blame right. That stuff's for sissies. Yeah, you'd better not risk it. <laughs> yes, I see, Howard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's the way he wants it. All right, I'll tell him. Good way. Howard says he'll take you out of there. Good. Serves him right. And he's making you number 13. <laughs> Doing what? 
That puts you last on the program. Now you'll be sure to get the wildest steer they've got. Oh, wonderful. What wonderful. Fine. Cowhand from the Rio Grande. Catch up that awful singing, Abner. Huh? Did you have to keep reminding me of this fix I'm in? Now go on reading me that accident insurance policy. This policy provides indemnity for loss of limb. Oh, me. And other specified losses caused by bodily injuries affected through accident. Hmm. Accident? Long, you're doing this a purpose. <laughs> And the company further specifies that accidents occurring in the air... Oh, well, this part's all right, Lon. You won't get hurt till you land, anyway. I believe you want me to get hurt. Well, no, Lon. This was your idea. You brung the whole thing up yourself, you know. I never had nothing. Wait just a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's our ring. Maybe that's a fella from a liver stable with a practice horse. I'll get it. Now, wait a minute. There comes old meter miser. Hello, boys. How are my favorite Frigidaire dealers today? Hello, Mr. Nile. Oh, we're feeling great, just like a Frigidaire, cold and white. <laughs> Never mind, Abner, I'm close, you let me answer. Hello? Yes, this is the Jotham Down store. What's that? What you do, you do with a plug? Why, mister, just push it into any electric outlet and it'll be off and running. What do you mean, knocker cold? Why, cold's just the thing you want when you get a refrigerator. Uh, Mr. Niles, this is a matter of horses. Now, just a minute, brother. What do you mean, horses? You mean horsepower. Say, when you have a piece of mechanism as simple as a meter miser, you get power and plenty of it without big, complicated pieces of machinery. Why, do you realize that the meter miser in a Frigidaire refrigerator is no bigger than a derby hat? Hmm. Yet it has enough power to provide all the cold you need for everything you want to keep, even in the hottest weather. And let me tell you one thing more. Only Frigidaire has the meter miser. And it's the simplest cold maker ever built. But, Mr. Niles, he's talking about our four-footed friends. Four feet nothing. Why, do you know that today, Frigidaire has a big 11-foot model? That's right. I said 11 feet. What do you mean you never saw an 11-foot model? Well, there's one on display right here that's a beauty. Now, come on over and have a look. It's so compactly built, so beautifully designed, that you'll be surprised at all the food she holds. Up to 50 pounds of frozen foods, dozens of eggs, and plenty of ice cubes. Yeah, you never get a horse to eat that. <laughs> What's that? You're coming right over. Well, that's fine. I'll be waiting to shore to you. Well, I guess you set him straight. Mr. Niles, that was the liver stable man. He's got a horse I'm supposed to practice riding on. Oh, I knew it was a horse all the time, but to me, a plug is a plug. <laughs> Help me get into this cowboy get-up. we got to be leaving for Mount Ida in a few minutes. Well, Lom, are you sure this Ida here is going to work? What if Cedric's car don't break down on the way over there? Don't worry. I'll fix the car so it will. Oh. <laughs> we, we'll start out for Mount Ida, all right, but we'll never get there. Now, hurry up and help me get this cowboy jump on. Well, if you ain't ever going to get there, what do you need to get dressed up for? Because I want Miss Rowena to see me when I start out. Oh, Lord. I want to show her I ain't scared to go over there. <laughs> what do you think I am, a coward? <laughs> Let's see now. I'll try on this cowboy hat first. 
Hey, where'd you go, Abner? The hat slipped clean down over your eye. Otis, what size is that thing, anyway? I don't know. All I know is the man told me it was a ten-gallon hat. <laughs> Maybe you just got a three-gallon head. <laughs> I reckon I could stuff a few newspapers in there. A couple of magazines. Yeah, say, Lum, I was just thinking, when we're broke down out there on the road, what if Ezra and Miss Rowena comes along and gives us a lift? Well, we're going to take a different road. Oh. Stop worrying. I've got this all figured out to where nothing can go wrong. It's foolproof. Hey, Lum. Oh, howdy, Ben, old boy. I talked by telephone to Howard K. Suttler early this morning. Good. I hope you told him I'm raring to go, and I hope he's got a good ferocious steer lined up for me. Oh, he has. He, he wanted me to tell you that inasmuch as you are now the star attraction... Yeah? He's sending over a car for you. Huh? <laughs> want you to be sure and get there. Well, I'm going outside and watch for the driver. He ought to be arriving any minute. <laughs> Got it all figured out, huh? Oh, shut up. Care for a hazelnut? <laughs> Abner, cut out trying to be funny. Don't you realize I'm heading for destruction? Well, it's safer than heading for Mount Ida. <laughs> What am I going to do? I can't go over there and bulldog no steer. Well, you've got to make a stab at it now. Yeah, I'm just feared the steer will stab first. <laughs> I'll tell you, Lump, when you ride out there on the horse, well, don't jump on the steer. Just stay on the horse. Keep chasing the steer around till it gets tired and maybe you'll fall down. The only trouble is I don't think I can stick on the horse that long. Well, let's see. Maybe we could glue your britches to the saddle. But if the horse gets to bucking, you'll throw me clean out of him. Oh, no. I'll never be able to stick on a horse light as I am. Wish I was heavier. Yeah, you don't carry a whole lot of weight, I've noticed. Wait a minute. Carry weight? I believe you give me an idea there. Well, good for me. Yeah, I'll just fill my boots with something heavy, like stove bolts. Them things are heavier and less. Yeah, that's a good idea. Them boots you bought are big enough to hold a ton of that stuff. Yeah, here's a box of stove bolts right here. This order to do it. Yeah, yeah. Abner, would you care to pour? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Al, don't pour so fast. How many lobster bolts do you take? Take it easy. I'm going to give you a couple of lumps. Oh, there comes Ben back. Now, don't tell him nothing about no, this. No, no. Don't tell nobody. No. I think I see the car coming down the road a ways. Are you ready, Lum? Yeah, come on, Lum. Let's get out there. All right. Granny. <laughs> Seem a little heavy of foot this morning, Captain. You feel all right? Well, right now I'm a little stove up. That's too bad. I'd hate to have anything happen to you now. Be hard to get somebody to fill your boots. It weren't so hard. Maybe you've been overworking. Better take some raisins along to munch on during the trip. Raisins? Yes, give you strength. You know the slogan, have you had your iron today? <laughs> He's loaded with it. Well, I hope you get to feeling all right, Cactus, because we all want you to get out there and show your mouth. Huh? <laughs> if he does, he's sunk. <laughs> oh, by the way, Cactus, there's a possibility that you'll be moved up from number 13 to 12. Well, that sounds like a safer number. The reason is one of the contestants was practicing bulldogging last evening and got quite considerably mangled. 
mangle, did you say? Oh, there's a hearse out there for you now, Lola. Hearse? Is that what I'm going to ride in? Yes. Howard sent over his best one for you. Oh, man. Dog, is that the longest, blackest thing I ever... <laughs> Howard said you'd have a good, comfortable ride. Yeah, you can lay down in it, Lola. Well, come on, Cactus, let's go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does he have to do that? Do what? Can't he just park it? Does he have to back it up to the door? Wonderful, but wonderful. Ah, yes, so. Oh, um, Abner, what was the number of that last bulldozer? Um, the one they just carried off. I don't know. I'm trying not to look. <laughs> According to my program, Mr. Owino, that was number 11. Oh, hooray! Mr. Edwards is next. <laughs> yeah, hooray. <laughs> well, I gotta see the sheriff before I believe it. I don't think Lum will have enough nerve to get on the horse even. Oh, yeah, he's done on it. I was down there and helped him get on it. <laughs> there, there he is, there he is. There's Cactus in the shoes. My stars, I didn't know he could do that. Look, Cactus is on the horse backwards. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I thought you said you helped him to get on, Abner. Well, I did, but I just felt so terrible about this. I just couldn't stand to watch. Had my eyes shut, and, well, I know lungs were shut. He ain't opened them since we left Pine Ridge. I think they're going to turn him around. Nope. Too late, too late. There he goes. Go Oh, poor love, poor love. Look at that man go. And there goes number 12, Cactus Lum Edwards. And this is really a novelty. This is the first time any man has attempted bulldogging by riding his horse backwards. Oh, it's marvelous, but marvelous. Yeah, what's happening to him, Ben? I can't stand to watch. I think he's breaking a few precedents. Well, I know he'd break something. <laughs> is he still on the horse? On it. He's a good 10 feet ahead of him. <laughs> so fast I can't tell you exactly what took place. All I know is the deer is lying there in the middle of the arena and walking toward the chute is the new bulldogging champion, Cactus Long Edwards! Superb, but superb. You were simply magnificent, but magnificent. Oh, for nothing, but nothing. How in the world did you ever throw that horrible beast so quickly? Oh, I just leaped through the air, grabbed him by the horns, got a headlock on his head and a fetlock on his feet, <laughs> nailed him down with a hammerlock, and buttoned him up with a button hook. I had no idea that was how it was done. <laughs> Neither did I. Oh, uh, oh, excuse me a minute, Cactus. There's one of the judges. I want to collect our prize money from him. And you wait here for me. Yeah. All right, Lon. Now she's gone. Just how did you do it? 
Colonel Abner, to be right honest, I never bulldogged him. Huh? That horse throwed me a good 30 foot in the air. <laughs> when I come down on that steer's head, my foot full of bolts knocked him out. <laughs> Both ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it addled me a little. <laughs> well, I'll be a polka-dotted possum. Dog as long, maybe you've learned something about bulldogging. I sure have. Stay away from it. Uh-huh. From now on, there's two things I'm giving up for good. Bragging and bulldogging. Oh, cactus! Uh, cactus! Um, there's a newspaper reporter here, and he wants to know what the secret of your amazing ability is. What shall I tell him? Why, tell him, uh... Careful, Lom. Tell him the secret of old Cactus Lum Eddard's amazing success is... Have plenty of metal and always keep your boots on. <laughs> Lum and Abner will be back in just a moment, but first, here's an important question. Do you like a range with plenty of capacity, even for holiday meal-making? Then visit your Frigidaire dealer and see Frigidaire electric ranges that provide an extra surface unit when you need it. One Frigidaire electric range oven has two separate ovens. Lots more room for oven cooking, or you can broil in one oven while you roast or bake in the other. show is brought to you each week by the Frigidaire Division of General Motors, manufacturers of a complete line of home appliances. Don't forget, next week, this is Wendell Niles saying goodnight for Frigidaire, America's number one refrigerator. CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.